Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. It is a risk every time you put the political success of your presidency and link that to evolving science. Take schools, for example. Getting our schools open safely and effectively. This is a national emergency. And this is a question I put to Randy Weingarten. She's a she's a president of the American Federation of Teachers. And she's been one of the people really backing Biden on this school reopening push. If we care about our students having in-person education, this has to be doable. And this has to be something that becomes the norm all across America. And what I told her is I said, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from. The science, you know, backs it. But couldn't you have been doing all of these things to try to reopen schools without the political promise layered on top of it? My team will work to see that a majority of our schools can be open by the end of my first 100 days. That within the first 100 days, we would hit a certain milestone, right? Wouldn't that take some of the pressure off? You know, do you worry that it was a mistake for Biden to essentially politicize this effort to reopen schools by by kind of making that one of his first pledges. And she said, look, you know, it's something I worry about. That's right. We'll look to have the most schools open that we can possibly in 100 days. And if he fails to do that, this will be in the category of promises he did not keep in his first 100 days. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Adam Kankrin on how when it comes to being president during a pandemic, Promises are easier made than kept. Boys and girls, today we will begin selecting a class president. I'm not allowed to vote, but I strongly suggest you elect Martin. Martin? As your president, I would demand a science fiction library featuring an ABC. Adam, do you ever run for class president or student council or anything? I did, actually. You did? Back in, uh, back in high school, I was a terrible president, <laughs> but I did win. Did you promise anything, like, ridiculous or overpromise on anything? I had no, I had no platform. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no platform. Well, hey, hey, that might be a little more strategic than uh, Biden's promises. <laughs> <laughs> the key is to not have any. That's the, that's, that's, that's the main thing. <laughs> well, Biden did win w- with some promises, uh, a lot of them involving the pandemic. Can you lay out for me like what he did say he would do leading up to taking office. Yeah, and I mean it's it's kind of a lot like in high school when you promise free pizza on Fridays, right? <laughs> it sounds pretty simple and straightforward. On the campaign trail, Biden said over and over and this was, you know, you have to go back this was at a time when Trump was in charge of the the COVID response and there were just decisions being made right and left that were, you know, driven more by politics and Trump's desire to get reelected than any kind of science or um, or evidence. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. And basically, Biden's approach was saying, look, elect me and I'll make sure that whatever decisions we make in responding to this pandemic will be driven by the science. Listen to the scientists. Support mass. Support Right, will be driven by what our public health experts say is the best thing to do. Uh, and so at the time, that sounded pretty straightforward. We'll follow the science. 
We'll follow the science. Let me say that again. A problem comes up, you say, what does the science say? You make the decision based on that. And so that is kind of the mantra that he took into office uh, and, you know, kind of promising that that his administration would lead with this, quote, science and truth. So now you're reporting that a month into his presidency, that promise of science is hitting a, a big political wall, um, which I feel like is kind of expected, right? Absolutely. Like going back to class president, like you're like you're going to say you're going to have free pizza for lunch, but, you know, you're not going to be able to actually get that. I mean, obviously, the pandemic is a bigger issue than free pizza. But where specifically are we seeing Biden's promises, promises to follow the science fall short? Yeah, maybe the single biggest test that we're seeing right now is this attempt to reopen the majority of schools, right? So if you go back to, you know, early on this year, one of the two big pledges that Joe Biden made uh, early on related to the COVID response, one, he said, I'm going to do 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days in office. And we look like we're pretty much on track for that. But that's pretty straightforward. The second one, he said, I'm going to reopen the majority of schools in the United States within my first 100 days in office. And again, sounds simple, actually a lot harder to pull off. And the the premise was, you know, we're going to institute a lot of the things that should have been done in schools before. So, you know, you give them the resources to kind of retrofit the classrooms, to, in, to improve ventilation, to make sure that everybody has PPE and masks and adequate testing. And as a result of all of that, you would be able to get kids back in the classroom, teachers back in the classroom, resume this in-class learning. That is kind of the first kind of major test of this follow science mantra, because as much as maybe the evidence says that, you know, one, it's better for kids to be in class than doing virtual learning. And two, maybe there isn't as much of a threat of catching COVID in schools as we originally thought. The idea of putting school staff and teachers back inside back in the building uh, when they may still be vulnerable and not vaccinated, understandably has made a lot of people nervous. Chris, Governor Gavin Newsom says that he's following the science from the CDC and the guidance from the Biden administration on why he now feels it's safe to reopen schools for in-person learning. But Sacramento City Teachers Association tells me that they don't feel safe unless they have a vaccine. I have a live picture from Chopper 3 over Philadelphia School District headquarters where teachers and their union are protesting. They're calling out the district for what they say is a rush back to the classroom. So you've had a lot of pushback from teachers, from teachers' unions about being sent back into the classroom, even if the science might support it, about being sent back into the classroom without a vaccination, without the guarantee or close to the guarantee that they're not going to end up getting sick. I mean, it's it's interesting to think about, right? Like, even if the science says if every measure is is taken correctly, it's safe to be in a school. Looking back on, like, my high school, you know, it was massive. And there were a bunch of kids, like, plowed into a, a hallway, a bunch of kids in different classrooms. It's sort of like, at the end of the day, is it possible to make it safe? Exactly. And I mean, this is, you know, this is the collision between kind of scientific theory right? And what is actually happening in the real world. And so as teachers are weighing those risks, there is a lot of resistance to essentially being the guinea pigs here, to, to essentially being the ones who are going back into, into class and saying, yeah, I will, I'll bet my life on the science being right here. The second point I'll make is that at the same time that we're trying to get teachers back into class, trying to get kids back into class, you're seeing the science 
start to warn us about emerging variants and about the potential increased contagiousness of these new strains of COVID-19, right? So at the same time, we're trying to get kids and teachers back into class. We're also going out there, the CDC saying, you know, you should start walking around with, with two masks on instead of one, because we're worried about COVID-19 circulating even easier, even faster than maybe before. So both kind of instances supported by the science, but kind of contradictory at the same time. Schools are not the only area where science in a vacuum isn't exactly meshing with reality, I feel like. Like on the campaign trail, there were promises of masking up the whole nation, of getting the entire country on board with with measures that are going to tamp down the virus. But I mean, I'm going to be honest, like right now, I feel like a lot of people I know are probably doing way less than they were almost a year ago under President Trump to stop the spread. Like there was a period last year when everybody sort of seemed to be inside, not seeing anyone. Um, And now so many people are hitting a wall, um, aren't staying inside, Mm. aren't staying away from other people. And it's not like there are, you know, big pushes for statewide lockdowns right now, right? Like what is stopping President Biden from getting the nation on board with like massive public health efforts that might help stop the spread? Yeah, it's a good point. And this, it's the politics again, right? So we've been in this for a year and we're at a weird point in time where, you know, things, depending on how optimistic you want to be, things are going really well or they're going really badly, right? We have vaccines that are really, really effective and we are ramping up the distribution of those. So that's, that's great. And that points to a much, much better future. At the same time, we're still seeing thousands of deaths a day. We're still seeing circulation of the virus really around the country. And what we're seeing in a lot of states is this feeling of, okay, things generally are getting better. We can see maybe the light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of those restrictions that we saw six, eight months ago have kind of dropped off, right? As an example, you know, my colleagues, uh, Rachel Rubin and Brianna Ely and Sarah Overmall wrote a story just about this. One of the other promises that Biden made was that he was going to put a lot of pressure on governors to institute mask mandates for his first 100 days. And that really hasn't gone anywhere either, despite the fact that the science, you know, indisputably supports it. And the reason is because ultimately it's not up to Biden. It's the governor's choice to do what they want in these states. And they're saying, you know, from a political standpoint, from a personal standpoint, we don't feel that we can do that, that we can ask our citizens to continue to follow these measures. Do you think any of this could come back to hurt Biden? Absolutely. I mean, it is a risk every time you put the political success of your presidency and link that to evolving science, right? So take schools, for example. And this is a question I put to Randy Weingarten. She's a, she's a president of the American Federation of Teachers. And she's been one of the people really backing Biden on this school reopening push. And what I told her is I said, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from. The science, you know, backs it. But couldn't you have been doing all of these things to try to reopen schools without the political promise layered on top of it that within the first 100 days, we would hit a certain milestone, right? Wouldn't that take some of the pressure off? You know, do you worry that it was a mistake for Biden to essentially politicize this effort to reopen schools by by kind of making that one of his first pledges? And, you know, when I talk to people across Biden world, they're not they're not ready to say on the record that it was a mistake. But when I talked to Randy Weingarten, she said, look, you know, it's something I worry about. Uh, I talked to other people and they said it adds a sense of urgency. It adds another layer on top of 
what they're trying to accomplish here. And the harsh truth of it is that if we get to the end of Biden's first 100 days and the majority of schools are not reopened, that is going to be kind of a point against him, right? You're going to hear Republicans coming out and saying he's failed here. There will be a number of stories that says what promises has Biden kept? What has he not kept? And if he fails to do that, this will be in the category of promises he did not keep in his first 100 days. Adam Kankren, thanks so much for talking with me. Absolutely. Anytime. Also today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Congress will set up an independent 9-11 style commission to look into the deadly insurrection that took place at the U.S. Capitol last month. In a letter to Democrats on Monday, Pelosi said the commission will, quote, investigate and report on the facts and causes relating to the January 6th domestic terrorist attack and relating to the interference with the peaceful transfer of power. The move comes after President Trump was acquitted over the weekend on impeachment charges that he incited the insurrection. In her letter, Pelosi also reiterated plans to approve more funding for more security at the Capitol. And the World Health Organization is authorizing the Oxford-AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine for emergency use. WHO Director General Tedros Adnan Ghebreyesus announced the move on Monday, marking only the second time the organization has granted an emergency listing, the first being for the BioNTech-Pfizer vaccine at the end of December. It will apply to the share of the vaccine that will mainly be distributed to low- and middle-income countries. The listing will mean nations receiving the shot through COVAX, the global coronavirus vaccine supply mechanism, will be able to use the WHO's recommendation to help their own national approval process and start receiving doses. The first vaccines from COVAX are slated for distribution later this month. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And to stay up on the latest on the pandemic, be sure to subscribe to the Politico Pulse newsletter at politico.com slash newsletters. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.